Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a burger bun, and I love films. As Dr. Zeus once said, I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain. I also like High Life, the Claire Denise film even though it has an arguably bleak view of human existence. Bit of fun there from Dr. Zeus. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Jamila Jamil, Ricky Gervais and Mark Kermode, but this week my special guest is the comedian, writer and actor Tom Basden. I'm in LA at the moment, but you can keep up to date with all my live shows and stand-up gigs by following me on Twitter at Brett Goldstein and on Instagram at Mr. Brett Goldstein. And if you do enjoy the podcast and want to support it and get more content, please come and join me over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get extra guest questions for most of the episodes. You might get videos, you might get guest list tickets, recommendations, all sorts of stuff. And best of all, if you do become a Patreon member, not only do you get all of that good stuff, you don't have to hear this bit about becoming a Patreon member. You get the whole episode completely unencumbered by ads and stuff like this. So give it a look over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, here we go. Tom Basden is an award-winning comic, actor and writer. You'd know him from Afterlife and from David Brent Life on the Road, from his work with Tim Key and The Cowards, and from his own co-created show, Plebs. And he's absolutely brilliant. We recorded this last year in his kitchen whilst his new baby slept upstairs. Oh, we had a lovely time. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 44 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. I am joined today by actor, writer, musician, musical comedian, award winner. Keep going. Pop star. Yeah collaborator writer of oh. printed word too okay uh, it is a separate genre writer he- of printed word <laughs> hero to a certain demographic please welcome it is tom baston what do you mean please welcome you welcome me well to be yeah i am actually in your house thank yeah. you for having me around thank you for welcoming me around that's all right here we are in your house we'd have to give away the whole address give away some of it if you like <laughs> London. Number 42, London. Oh, Do you work it out? 
narrows it down. It does it narrow does, it down. It does. Most roads in London go up to 30, as yeah, we know. Yeah, and they're not long streets in um, London, like the same. <laughs> so, Tom Basden, mm-hmm. how, how are you? Um, fine, fine, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, just into our, into our second G&T. Oh, I'm on my second, you're in your first. Yeah. So a bit more, I'm probably a bit more open than I would be ordinarily. Perfect. Yeah. You're uh, mid-plebs, I believe. Or beginning yes. plebs, would you like to tell us a little bit about that? We're sort of starting right work on series five of plebs, yeah. Congratulations. Thanks, man. And the longest running shows in British history, other than Coronation Street, probably? I think what we is might it? have Emmerdale, Coronation. Yeah. Emmerdale, Coronation. Plebs, Coronation News, Street. plebs. Oh, yeah, news is still going in. Yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. Renewed every year, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what about films? Mm. Do you like them? I love them, yeah. Oh, that's I prefer films to TV programmes, actually. Me too. Yeah, I do. And I, why is I, that? I, why is that, you say? Yeah. Um, I think it's because there's that thing with TV shows where people recommend them and you know that that means probably like 40 hours of your life yeah. to do it. And also I feel like now TV shows are made almost expressly so that people will keep watching them rather than in order to tell a really good story as well as possible. So even though they can still be very, very good, yeah, what they're also doing is kind of stringing it out. I don't mind it if it's like a mini-series or a limited yeah. series, as yeah. they're called. Did you watch the second series of Handmaid's Tale? I'm afraid I have not. Because well, well, me and my wife both really like the first series, and the second series is basically an exercise in just sort of nothing happening oh, really? and just getting to the end, and it's sort of resetting and... Just keeping you, just keeping you there, just tickling your balls, so that you're so you're ready for series three. And well, that, you know, I I think and it's difficult. With we, I, I, what I like about a film is, you know, two hours, three hours max. So you've done it. You've watched it. You've yeah, watched that film. That you did it. That everyone's talking about. It's done. It's an achievement, isn't it? Yeah. I gave up on twenty four mm, mid series two. Right. Or three, when I realised, oh, you are literally making this up as you go along. Like, none of this, plot-wise, if yeah. you look back over hour seven, none of this makes sense. You had no idea where this was going. Yeah. And every week you go, oh, he'll be the bad guy this week. And you're like, he can't be because he just did this. <laughs> and they go, oh, yeah, shh, don't worry. No one's noticing. Here's an advert. Yeah. But that's why I liked Breaking Bad, because you did think, oh, you seem to have plotted this. Yeah, you see, I gave up on Breaking Bad. Oh, really? We're talking about TV shows on the films, aren't we? But I, yeah, that's I, okay. Yeah, we, we gave up on Breaking Bad midway through series two. Mm. And it, it just that thing of just... just There was a, there was a kind of um, conflict between him and his wife that was on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, was she or wasn't she going to find out? And I just found it unbearable, the amount of time they made me wait for that <laughs> conflict. I was like, fuck <laughs> you, I'm not, not doing it. It's disrespectful to me as a viewer. Yeah, there's another three years of that. I'm sure. Anyway, we're not here to talk about no. TV. We're talking about film. Have you? You're 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 in a few films. You made films. I'm in David Brent Life on the Road, and yeah. I'm in a film called Oh Jesus Christ, what's it called? Hello Carter. What's Hello Carter? That's directed by um, a guy called Anthony Wilcox, starring Charlie Cox, and I'm in that briefly. It's a gangster film. No, you're thinking of, um, of Get Carter. Get I Carter. thought it was it's the uh, uh, son of Carter. It's a bit like Hello After Carter. Hours, the um, Scorsese film. Oh. If you know that one, it's a big shout. Or U Turn, the Oliver Stone film. It's like it's like a kind of guy trapped in in a city sort of thingy. Anyway, what? 
Were you in it? I'm a sort of office douche. And then I'm in a film called The Dark Relic, which is made for the Sci-Fi Channel, which should be brilliant because it's so awful. Right. And on my character is called Sir Robert, and at one point the character the character's name changes in the script to Sir Robert Demon because he becomes a demon, and I grow tentacles, and I have to like fight. Is it on Netflix? I don't, I don't know. It might be. It's definitely like online. It's one of those weird films where it's just like if you just type it into like Google Videos, it'll be like they'll just find the film oh, wow. on a website. Um, it's really shit. <laughs> Did you know it was shit when you like were making it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone. Did you know before? Yeah. Okay. Uh, not, yeah. It was one of those things where I, I you know, I, I guess I, I was probably about twenty six and. Um, I got an audition for this film, and I, I get, at, the, at the time I was still sort of you know doing auditions for ads and things. So I was like, "Fuck, this is exciting!" And then I got it, and then I sort of read the whole script and realised it was terrible. But still, thought I, I will do this. Yeah, you know, it was sort of four weeks in Bulgaria or something. Wow! So it was it was a lot of fun. And growing, how how did they grow the tentacles out of you? That was all done on computer, so I I wasn't oh. required. What, so you to had to like go and pretend? Oh, not just that. I had to um, mime a sword fight with my tentacles. No. So, and I had like the stunt coordinator in Bulgarian saying to me things like, the tentacles are getting chopped off now. And then I'd have to go, ah, because obviously oh, I'm so told I'm doing is just shimmying with my shoulders. You did a shimmy sword fight. And then, I, and then the boffins will create a, sword, a tentacle sword fight. That's really embarrassing. Did you yeah, really no, fully commit? Sure. <laughs> no, but as in I would find that. I admire that. Right. Because I'd find that. doesn't sound like you admire it. You I'll tell you connected. this. I've never said this in a podcast. One of the worst auditions of my entire life mm. was to play five in Kick-Ass 2. Oh, right. And the scene was like a mug, attempted mugging, and then we get sliced up by Hit Girl. So all I got was the scene like, you know, give us your money, and then like, she pulls that sword, cuts off my arms and legs, right? That was the scene, something like that. Went into this audition, it was just like a casting assistant and someone with a camera. And she was like, so we'll just, we'll, we'll give it a go. And I did it. And then she went, <laughs> she went, are you going to do the action? And I said, I'm sorry, what do you mean? And she said, you know, because your arms get chopped off and you're you're in a fight. And I was like, yeah, but I thought, well, I mean, obviously we'd do that on set wouldn't we she said well no we sort of need to see it and I was so embarrassed I was like sorry do you want me to mime having a fight and then get my arms chopped off and she went yeah and I went but do you mean like put my arms behind my back and she went yeah yeah that sort of thing and then maybe like go down on one knee I kept saying it do you do you you mean it and she said yeah because we need it for the thing and I did it once like really bad like really like oh oh like oh my arms come off because I was so embarrassed and I thought and I said let's just I said, don't worry, like, let's end it here. And she went, no, 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 let's get it right. And I was like, no, let's, let me go. <laughs> and she was like, let's go again. I was in there for an hour. It was, I I'm didn't kidding. even get it. <laughs> oh, my God. But also, what? That's not how it's going to be, but it turns out that's yeah. how it was. Well, yeah, probably because, you know, with these things, I guess, unless you're in a sort of big budget movie, it might well be that you've got, like, 20 minutes to do that. Mm-hmm. And someone's going, and now your arms are off. And you're having to really commit to not having any arms. Some people, 
I'm more committed and I respect it. I really do because yeah. I think it's so embarrassing. Look at Nicolas Cage. I mean, look at the commitment. Full commitment. Yeah. He's all in. Damn right. Yeah. Amen. Um, oh, I forgot to tell you. I should have told you when I got here. It's yeah. bad that I've left it so late, actually. We've had a meal. <sighs> it's quite bad news, you know. I'm sorry to break it to you. You've, you've, you're married as well. And you've got... Look, you've died. You died. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. How did you die? Am I, am I allowed to... <laughs> am I allowed to have, di- like, disappeared in mysterious circumstances and people not sure if I'm dead? Go on. Like, it, like a Harold Bishop... The neighbours situation where and then you turn up. Yeah, well, I was on a boat or a, or a, you know I was windsurfing and then and people are like oh he's probably dead. Okay, well because I just would feel more comfortable with that than you could. I suppose you can have that, but at some point you are going. I'd hate to. I mean, this is worse than the news I just <laughs> told you. <laughs> at some point, you you probably you are going even in you hiding. You don't know that. This is the thing, like yeah. Elvis. Yeah. Let's say Elvis is still alive. Mm-hmm. He probably hasn't got long. Do you know what I mean? Like at some right. point, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been in hiding. Let's go. Well yeah. done. You've been in hiding fifty years. Yeah, yeah. Sixty years. Okay. Now what happens? Um, and I'm not allowed. And to there's just no be... science hasn't quite caught up. Right. Um, can I be pickled? Like pickled Walt Disney? Pickled dead? Like oh. <laughs> not pickled to death? <laughs> like Disney? Yeah. I don't. What's the deal with him? Is his brain Fred, is... head is frozen? Supposedly. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe my head was frozen to death then. Okay. Maybe I was, I was. So you've been frozen. Yeah, but maybe it went wrong. And okay. I died anyway. <laughs> Where were you hiding? Sixty years away from your wife, and yeah, oh, yeah, froze yourself to death by accident. <laughs> yeah, that's a good sad Why not? Why not? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that happened. Is yeah. death something you worry about? Then it's clear. Yeah. Well, of course. Like some people take. I read a thing recently that, where it said that Stacey Solomon. Mm-hmm. You know Stacey Solomon. Of course I do. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Yeah, and like Factor before that, I think, is terrified of death. Is terrified of like her own, of her own death, not yeah. just death in general. And I think uh, it, it, my reaction to something like that is like, well, duh, like of course, <laughs> of course, right. that's isn't that the main thing to be scared of? Your reaction to Stacey Solomon is <laughs> well, being afraid of death, like that being a yeah. news story. Um, I think some people don't obsess about it. Do you obsess about it? Like, is it a daily thought? No, but I definitely, I definitely suppress it as a as a thought. Right. I don't want to think about it because it'll get me down. So you don't think about it until I now. I try not to. Okay. Well, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I ask something? And yeah. You can cut this if not. Yeah. Are you in the public area? Do you have a? Ch- as in, I would like to. M- ask you something that does involve your baby yeah is that uncomfortable would you rather i didn't no say it's that? fine okay so you recently had a baby yeah congratulations thanks lovely baby does having a baby change the way you feel about death it is increasing um, you know what i mean or i don't think it's made me less self-involved <laughs> if that's what you're getting at <laughs> <laughs> no i wonder it, i sort of i spoke to someone about this i think it was my brother-in-law maybe who said like as in some people say, like, oh, it makes it worse because you're so desperate. You don't want to die because you want to be there for your child. Right. But someone, I think my brother was sort of, it was almost like a circle of life. He said, I understand now I have a child that I will die and that, that he will replace me. You know what I mean? He sort of actually gave him some kind of peace with it. But you don't. I don't know, man. I just feel like it's, I, I, things like that, 
I think about my son replacing me in that respect, mm. and, and I sort of think that's fine as long as I can just sort of watch that from a distance. From your it, hiding place. Right, yeah. It's like thinking about your own funeral. We're like, well, I'm absolutely fine with that as long as I can actually see what's on there. As long as I'm there, yeah. <laughs> when you went uh, missing in mysterious circumstances, yeah. did, did we have a funeral? Did we all decide you were dead? I think you had to. I think decency After dictated that you had to. After, um, let's call it a couple of months. Did, you, <laughs> did your wife remarry? No. 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 <laughs> You just watched stuff from afar, like fucking Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible 12. I think I moved on. Did you? <laughs> I met a native on the island that I went to. <laughs> you got 12 more kids. Yeah. Uh, they were just yeah. a trial run. Yeah, and then, and then went missing again. <laughs> went wow. to another island. Fucking hell. Yeah. Worked work my way down the archipelago chain. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So a lot of kids out there. Yeah, we're yeah. missing dads that were all you. Yeah. <laughs> <In> French Polynesia. <laughs> right. Okay. So do you think there's an afterlife? No. 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 I don't, if I did, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about death. Well, you would if the afterlife you thought was the burning hell. Then you'd be really worried about death. I think I'd be all right with burning hell. Would you? Well, I mean. Just to be there. As, yeah. I'd rather be in burning hell than nothing. I feel like you can game it. You can sort of, you know, if you, if you, if you've just got to like chase a demon around, or well, more likely the other way around. I think I just get into that routine of like, oh shit, six a.m. I've got to get up and be oh, chased by this demon around. because that, yeah, but that is like that's life. That is life, though, isn't it? Ah, oh, the demon's back. Is so it hell? doesn't matter. In as much as in heaven, if you get up and you know someone's sort of giving you ring donuts and a massage, you're like, oh, it's seven a.m. It's ring donuts and a massage. It's just it's different. Types of life. Do you think this is hell? Not this podcast, I mean. That, that we are in hell? Yeah. Get up, chased by a demon. <laughs> <laughs> Get through it. Well, I, If you're lucky, have a ring donut every now and then. I, I think, like, most experiences that make you... That, that, that kind of make... That aren't out of the ordinary, that make you kind of, mm. like, go, oh, God, like a sort of, you know, like a, like a flight being cancelled, or an experience where you go, oh, okay, cool, like winning a tenner on a scratch card. It's mm. like that's that's how I view heaven and hell. Really, that they're just sort of <laughs> heaven is a tenor on a scratch card, well, and hell is a missed flight. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I've just not really um, had enough in, in things of emotional heft happen to me. <laughs> you had a baby. Would you equate that to having a ten twenty ten pounds on a scratch card <laughs> when he was born? But oh, you've got I a long time. To, you've got a long time to prepare. <laughs> I said the carriage. Do you remember when I was at that garage and I did yeah, that but, scratch but, card? But the thing is, I, I don't know, like, it, there's, there's just a very big difference in these sort of diff, like, types of experience in that, um, yeah, that's my neighbour who who's, uh, plays the saxophone. Amazing. Which might leak through onto the other mics. If, if you're picking this up, the neighbour's playing the saxophone. Yeah, that's what happens around here, around these parts, in number 40. Number 40 in London. Yeah. Well, that's there next door. So. Um, what was I talking about? Uh, whether having a baby, yeah, is, um, is it like having a scratch card win ten pounds? Well, obviously not. So it's obviously well, obviously it's like a much more sort of meaningful, profound thing, and and there are sort of moments of kind of very real happiness and sadness that kind of. But but I think the way I experience them is that that it's it's a, it's a kind of emotion that doesn't have a lot to do with my brain. It kind of it's a bit like being tired or a bit like. Um, 
Um, you mean like, as in, as in, like when you're tired and you sort of operate without necessarily analysing it, you just... No, I think, sorry, what I mean is that when it sort of just hits you in that, when so, it, it just kind of hits you without you thinking about it. I don't really believe, or I haven't really had any experience of, like emotional highs or lows based on my own thinking. Right. Like my processing it and going, oh, wow, what a brilliant thing. (laughs) Or like, what an amazing view. Or like, oh, no, what a terrible thing. I've never had that. I'm fairly stable in that respect. But I'll sometimes get emotions that will take me over briefly in a way that has nothing, feels like has not much to do with my conscious brain. What? And so when that happens, does your conscious brain go, bring it back to sort of steady? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, good news. Go on. There is a heaven. And it's not just like winning a tenner. (laughs) It's more than that. It's a place where it's at least 100 quid on every stress card. Right, wow. And ring donut, massage, all that stuff. But also... I'm getting stressed at 100. That's too many. (laughs) Too many. I don't want to have to think about what to do with that. What am I going to do with this 100 quid every time? (laughs) Also, no no sort of suspense, is there? No, not much. Fucking here we go, 100 quid. Yeah. You get used to that money quick enough, and yeah. then... Then you need more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at celebrity. I always think, you know... Celebrity's not happy. Brattinson, still making money. You've got enough money, obviously not enough, so like getting used to a scratch card for 100 quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing. Richard Branson... I mean, this is obviously a slightly glib point when there are people who are sort of in genuine pain, but Richard Branson probably doesn't feel any different to how he did when he didn't have any money. No, I don't not think really. so. really. You know, he's, I guess he's got nicer shoes. Probably stresses him out. Probably does. Why do you think he's always popping in a hot air balloon? You don't need shoes in them. Good, get away from it. All. Get away. Get in the fucking really balloon. Stre- <laughs> really stressed, guys. Yeah. Getting in a balloon again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in this heaven, yeah, they are obsessed with films. So that's good for that someone like me. Good news. Yeah. Is that good for you. Yeah. Well, better that than I don't know something I don't like. Rugby or something. Well, I was going to say. Oh, rugby. Yeah, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. That'd be shit if they were obsessed with Awful. Imagine going to rugby heaven. <sighs> yeah, I'd, that I'd like good. double double end it. I'd be like, well, I don't mean it like that. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, how do I get out of rugby heaven? Yeah, it's a bad to... premise for an Adam Sandler film. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck in rugby heaven. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, it's a genuine nightmare. It's giving me the chills. Yeah, I bet it is. But what they do like in this heaven, yeah. in film heaven, they like, all we want to do is talk, talk about your life through film. The yeah. first thing they ask is, what's the first film you remember seeing? Very first film. Do you remember it? Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know if I do, to be fair. I think... Go on. The, the, I've got an older brother, and so a lot of the early films I watched were ones that he wanted to see. How much older? Three and a half years. Just the two of you? Yeah. Okay. So when he's like, you know, five or six or seven, that's when he's starting watching films, I guess, and so Can I'm I... getting in on it. You were like, just following him? young. Yeah, and the film I remember going to the video shop and getting almost every time, to the extent where you go, why didn't we buy this film? It's so stupid. We were, we were <laughs> renting it like, every yeah. week for a, about a year. Maybe you couldn't buy it. it was called The Toy. With Richard, Richard Pryor, Pryor. Yeah. Jackie Gleason. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. First person to bring that up. I remember The Toy. Right. Great video cover where he's a yeah, puppet. that's it. A, a puppet on a string and Richard Pryor is the toy. Yeah, exactly. Rich, rich kid... By a toy. I genuinely haven't seen it for like 30 years, so I don't really remember it. But rich kid goes to the department store, 
is told it can have anything in it and picks Richard Pryor. It's a horrendous concept. Well, when you or think is about it a it. brilliantly satirical take on yeah. on race relations in the US? The t- Richard Pryor is literally his toy. He's a toy. Yeah, he becomes the kid's toy. Wow, I'd forgotten about this film. Yeah, and and it's brilliantly funny because of Richard Pryor. Yeah, or at least it was when I was that old. I don't know now if it's that funny. Wow. Yeah, we used to watch it every every week. Honestly, go down club video, get that, get that film. toy. Yeah, fucking great. You blow my mind there. I'd forgotten that existed. Yeah, never talked about that. You'd think that would pop up in the same way like Soul Man exists. Well, you'd think. Yeah, you'd certainly think it would come up as an example of a kind of, um, y- y- you know, like something that's racially very ambiguous and quite. Um, hard to process yeah. being presented in a very straightforward way in the 80s. Like and it's then a like a family film, like, it's a family right. comedy. Yeah. It's a family comedy in which the sort of implicit <laughs> racial stereotypes are not being in any way acknowledged or sort of mm. processed. And you don't remember it that well, but you saw no, it. not very well. I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's not that funny, but we used to howl with laughter, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Do you remember a feeling of like, Oh, this is for me, films. Or did you just think I want Richard Pryor as a toy? I don't, I, 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 it's hard to say. I honestly don't think I've kind of felt like there was a difference between films and TV shows, except I remember growing up feeling like films were American. Right. And TV shows were British. That's so, interesting. So films would be um, things with American people in and be a bit longer. And TV shows would be things with British people and be a bit shorter. Where was this? Where were you growing up? Uh, South London. Where? Sutton. Sutton? Yeah. Shut up. Where you grew up? Sutton. No, you didn't. Shut up. Did you? We never had this conversation. No. Did you? Yeah. Where in Sutton? That's so weird. We'll talk about this later. Well, well thank you. We'll talk about it now. 42, Sutton. <laughs> uh, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. Mm. Uh, well, between Sutton and Sheen, Mulgrave Road. That's where Mulgrave I grew up. Road? Yeah. Fuck off. That's where I grew up. Know all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who else is from Sutton? Lolly Adafobe. Lolly Adafobe. I did know that. And John Pointing. And Mark Restitution. I don't know who that is. Well, funny guy. Tom Davis. Shut up. I think he's from Sutton, yeah. We all live around there. Yeah. Why weren't we hanging out? What ridiculous time. Right, yeah, so yeah. my question was going to be, do you remember first going to the cinema? Because this was on video. Yeah, so... Uh, all right, I think okay, early early cinema experiences would have included Inner Space, yeah, for my birthday, film. 1988, I think. But I must have been before that. I eight, then. I must have gone before that. Um, Indiana Jones and the Ra- Raiders, maybe. Yeah, I think maybe even when was Return of the Jedi? Yeah, I, I think that's eighty-three. Eighty-three. I would have gone to that three, maybe not. Anyway, definitely Inner Space, Back to the Future two. I remember those are kind of early yeah. sort of cinematic experiences. With your brother, with your parents? Oh, yeah. All together? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice time together? Was it uh, like a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I think I used to, I used to like, shout in the cinema. I'd sort of cheer on uh, the hero. Oh, no, I'd have hated you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would have done, I think. Yeah. I've been mean, this fucking prick from Saturn over there. <laughs> <laughs> Not when I was like fifteen. I thought when I was, you know, when I was like seven or eight, or whatever. Mm. I sort of, I'd cheer on Mindy or whoever. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, what is the film that scared you the most? Yeah. So I, I mean, I get very scared. Oh. So I, I have, I don't watch horror films really at all. 
Interesting. N- just never really done it. Um, uh, so the last film that scared me, like properly, properly scared me, was yeah. probably Pan's Labyrinth. It's oh, not even that scary, I don't think. One of my top ten films. Is it? Yeah. It is, it is scary. It's, it's something about that certain kind of scariness, the sort of supernaturally scary, kind of demonic scary, that um, I just can't handle at all. I just I lose my shit. For days afterwards, I just can't handle it. Yes, Pan's Labyrinth, anyway, is the answer to So if you question. are, like, so terrified of films... Yeah. What, there must have been... No, a... they're not films, horror, horror scary horror films. films, yeah. And, and life, things in life, or just horror? <laughs> no, I don't mind things in life. I don't mind, like... I don't mind um, gory films. I don't mind axe murderers, anything like that. It's I mind stuff. ghosts and ghouls. So and... what, like, started that? Because there must have been a thing where you're like, I'm not doing that again, I'm not watching that. Uh, so I, I remember clearly things like a kid show called Tom's Midnight Garden. That scared yes. the hell out of me. I remember a thing called Chiller, or it was a TV show, and it was a kind of, it was all, it was, there was an episode about a man who didn't believe in ghosts starring Peter Egan, and that scared the absolute bejesus out of me. It's, it's just, yeah. it's ghost stories, basically. Ghost stories, just as a kid, I just remember, like, I, I, very vividly being very young, like, hearing any kind of story that was vaguely supernatural and just, and just having a kind of really, like a sort of feeling of horror, and you've not tested that since. No, I, I, I actually get very, very angry that they are allowed to trail horror films. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, like, you think I'm joking, but like, my <laughs> wife will genuinely cover my eyes. I'm in the cinema and a horror ah. film trailer comes on because I'll kind of want to see if I can take it. Yeah. And she's like, "Don't, don't do it to yourself." Okay, now, mate. I love it. Mm. Mm. But then, you know, those kind of films like sort of Wolf Creek and that kind of thing like... Yeah, that's... See, see we're the no, opposite. No problem with that. I do not like people being hurt. Yeah, I don't care. But people being haunted, I'm into it. Are you? Well, it scares me. It really scares me. But You I'm like the scare. But what I don't like watching people being cut up and hurt. Yeah, fair enough. You see, I, 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 I kind of... I guess, in a way, I like the scare because it really, really works. But I, I mm. feel like it makes me just worry so much about reality and, and worry about... You know, just things like, you know, going up a flight of stairs. I just yeah. get, it just freaks me out. But just being indoors on my own, it just yeah. freaks me out. So I just don't watch them. I think that's, t- that's totally fair. Yeah. My mum's a lot like that. Yeah. My mum's like, why would I put myself through it? Fair question. And I'm like, why don't you marry Tom, mum? <laughs> Not the first time I've said that. No. What's her answer? She's like, well, currently I am married. To? Uh, your dad. <laughs> But, uh, what's his name? Let's see how it goes. What's his dad's name? Howard. Is it Howard? <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> what were you expecting? Brian? I don't know, like a more, just a bit more of a, like, you know, Mike Lee character name. Mm. Just a sort of Dennis or a Gordon or a Dean or something. He's, yeah, it's funny. He doesn't look like a, He looks like a Dennis. Right. Uh, what's the film that made you cry the most? Oh, yeah. Any film on a plane makes me cry, no matter what it is. Yeah. But I think... Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. No, well, I've never seen that, actually. It's good. Is it? I watched it on a plane. And? I re- well, I've talked about this before. Weeping I love the ending. Every, I think, yeah? oh, genuinely, the ending of it, I was like, that's a, that's a genuinely that good a ending. a great shade of grey I didn't see coming. Yeah. Oh. 51 Shades, that's the twist. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, but in all seriousness, I would yeah. say probably... 
Um, the film Blue Valentine really broke me. That really oh, made me yeah. cry a lot. I like that film a lot. I love that film. I love that director, actually. And also yeah. his film Light Between Oceans made me fucking oh, cry dear. my eyes out. Have you seen that? He likes to make a cry film, He's he? just brilliant. He's so good. Place Beyond the Pines. Great film. All fantastic film. I mean, it didn't make me cry so much, but it's a fantastic film. Yeah. He's just great. He's. I think. I sort of think he's probably the best like, filmmaker now. I have a thing about atmosphere in films where it feels sort of gritty, authentic, you're yeah. there. He does that very much. Mm-hmm. Blue Valentine's excellent. But someone once said to me, someone was very upset by Blue Valentine, they said, what is the point of that film? And I was like, oh, I can't answer that. I don't know what the point, as in, that's a big, a like, what do you mean, ask. what's the point? It's just, it's. <laughs> but, it's but that's like asking what the point of Dr. Zhivago is. It's like, mm-hmm. just because they're, they're not trying to steal $30 million from a vault doesn't mean it doesn't have a point. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have that. You don't know what the point is, though. Well, the the point is, it's a human story about yeah. sort of you know people and relationships. It's it really good. Makes you a better it's, person watching it. It's sort of a reveal, quite near the end, isn't it? Because you're kind of, if it's balanced, it's this love affair story, and you're kind of, I think, more weighted towards him. He's yeah. the, the nicer. The, He's sort of suffered more, really. And then in the end, when you realise, oh no, he's not. She's he's he's a a drunk. He's a yeah. But then I guess they're both slightly to blame for each other's situation, aren't they? And they're both sort of trapped. I mean, yeah. I just thought it was so great. So that one, that's the one that made you cry the most. I think it probably did. I mean, there's a film called Forty Five Years made a couple of years ago that was fantastic. Forty Five Years is I fucking love it. I mean, that's brilliant. I really cried in that. I love it. That was great. I love it so much. Yeah. Please watch Forty Five Years if you've never seen it. Yeah, it's really good. God, it's good. There's a, there's a Chinese film as well called The Road Home. Yeah. That really made me cry. And maybe in a happy way in that it's all about... Um, you lived in China for a year, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. But this is, this is about a guy basically telling the story of... It starts with his dad has died and everyone in the village has to carry the coffin as a sign of respect. Right. But all the way through the village and the, the son is kind of leading it. And it talks about how the dad met his mum and the dad basically moved to the village, this remote village, to become a teacher. He was sort of positioned there. And then it's just a really straightforward love story between the dad and this this girl who lives locally who just sort of decides that she loves him. And it is... I mean, it, I was just all over the fucking oh, place yeah. in that. But that, I mean... but and, and I don't massively like romantic film, like sort of good-natured romantic films particularly. Like those kind of, you know, Sleepers in Seattle type films. I don't right. really like them very much. Why but not? I guess it just feels a bit fake. Okay. Everyone's so kind of um, witty in them. <laughs> <laughs> but this, yeah, The Road Home, or, or I think it's called My Father and Mother in Chinese, is um, is really not like that. It's really just sort of... Do you see it in China? Powerful. Where did yeah, you see it? Yeah, yeah. On a date with your wife? Not on the cinema, it was just a sort of bootleg DVD, you know. In Chinese? But with subtitles, I mean. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not at that point with my Chinese. <laughs> you were crying like, I'll never "What be is at, going on?" I'll never be at that point. I'm just crying, <laughs> realizing how how badly my Chinese lessons are going. That sounds good. Right home. Interesting. Mm. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What is the film that you used to love? You loved it. And you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh dear, this does not hold up. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is fair, but I would say the film that sprang to mind was Yellow Submarine. Okay. And I loved that as a kid. Yeah. Why do you think? It's no. just shit, isn't it? Have you seen it recently? <laughs> I've not it's seen it recently. It's just stupid. It's like the songs are good, obviously, because it's the Beatles, but the actual <laughs> film is just sort of like, it's just nothing. Really? Uh, I think I think so. Okay. Like stupid in the way that like Moonwalker's stupid. Like as in it's yeah, not I a film. I think maybe not unlike Moonwalker. It's not a, it's not a film, it's not a story. And all of the kind of animation stuff is just sort of bullshit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to love it and all the blue meanies and everything, I used yeah. to love all that. When did you watch it recently? Because they just re released it. Ago, have they? Right. Um, yeah, it's summer yeah. anniversary and they've done like a big 4K restoration. I'll right. send it to you. Please do. For Christmas, <laughs> with your Christmas card. Uh, what is the film that sort of critically, may, in the main, people don't like this film? But okay, you're like, yeah. you guys are idiots. This is yeah, the best yeah, film yeah. Ever. What is it? Uh, a, film, a, a film that I think, well, I'll put it this way. I think this is the, the, I'm the only person that likes this film, which yeah. is Noah. I like Noah. Do you? I the do Darren like Aronofsky Noah. film. Yeah. With Russell Crowe. I think it's a fascinating... Yeah, me too. Unbelievable. Uh, go on, you tell me. And we'll well, about it. um, it's really... It's, there's lots of stupid things in it. Yes. Like, there's the stone... There's a rock monster. There's stone rock monsters that are voiced by Ray Winston or something. Or, like, Ray Winston is... I don't know. Ray right. Winston sort of was trying his best to ruin it. And, <laughs> and some of the performances aren't great. Douglas Booth is terrible. Um, but I, I think it's a really... Quite a deep film about yeah. sort of... Um, life and 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 you know what the price the planet has to pay for human life i i I think there's lots of really fascinating things in it yeah also when it's the only film i've ever seen in a 4d cinema you ever been to one of them oh you saw nowhere in 4d yeah wow so do you know what i mean by that by the way i've never been to one but it's where the seats move exactly and And there's spray and yeah so i went to one in in bulgaria (laughs) because <laughs> we shoot plebs in Bulgaria. Yeah. So I went to see it out there and it was proper seats moving and being sprayed in the face with water. But it's really long as well now, so you must have... Oh, I got soaked, really yeah. It was like a log flume. <laughs> but I love the film. Yeah. And I kind of love Crow as well. Mm. I, don't know if, I don't know if I'm allowed to have Russell Crowe as my answer to this question, but... You can have Russell I, I really... I love Russell Crowe and I love Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. Um, because... Why do you like them? I love Tom Cruise because... Other than the Mummy, which I have talked about, I think Tom Cruise, for whatever whatever anyone has to say about him as a human, and I don't know him as a human, I think he's a proper movie star, 
and he makes good films. Like every time he's making a film, you go, well, "This is going to be a good film." Like he puts, he clearly does his work. He's very committed to yes. cinema. Yes, and he all his films, and he's a fucking movie star. He's like old school. Like it's sort of a lost art sometimes. I think. Well, I agree with that. I agree he makes with that. Big good films. Yeah. He's not making Blue Valentine, and that's fine. We've also got Blue Valentine. But like, yeah, but you see... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I like him. I think that's why I And I also I like think he's an underrated well. actor. You know, Magnolia, he's one of the best performances ever, him in that. Jerry Maguire, he's fucking... He can do it. When he wants to do that, he can do it. Mm. Come on, he can do it. What, Magnolia? Magnolia, but isn't... But Magnolia, it's just a slight party piece, isn't it, where he's got his ponytail and he's just sort of saying the C word and stuff. No, the interview Is it really scene. good? Is it actually really good? Magnolia. Well, I, I know the film's all right. I don't love... PTA, to be honest with you. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Sorry. Listen, Magnolia is magnifique. You think? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I've watched it a lot. I've All checked right. it. I've, I've, uh... I, yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I don't... I, the thing is, I love Cruz, but I don't necessarily think he's a great actor, but okay. I, I, I still love him on the basis that he does not do irony. He's just not interested. That yeah. he means it. He's like, here we go, we're doing this properly. Yeah. We're doing, we're it, doing properly. it We're doing this. Which is what I think about Darren Aronofsky as yeah. a filmmaker. He don't do irony. He's like, I'm making this, yeah, and I'm not yeah, fucking that's about. True. Yeah. I'm going to put a rock monster in it. And it's not a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean right. it. Yeah. I mean this rock monster. Yeah. I've got a lot of time for that, and and Crow as well. Yeah. You know, he commits to it. Yeah. He would do an audition for for Kickass Two and pretend his ever. arms would go off without batting an eyelid. You'd think that his arms had come off. Yeah. <laughs> or he'd rip them off. <laughs> but no worries. I've talked about Aronofsky before, but Noah, it's a very big budget film. I think it was like 200 million or something. Wow. And it's mad. And it's not what you think it is. It isn't like uh, a Christian film. Like, it's a really complicated view at this story from the Bible. The end is very dark. Once they, you know, after the flood, Noah, you know, it's mm. it's a real... Noah just gets lashed and then... Yeah. Yeah. And there's a real darkness to it. And it's there's a rock monster and there's... All sorts of big issues at play, and it isn't just a... It's just amazing that it exists. Well, I agree, and I, but I also think, and this is quite a wanky thing to say, I do think he's sort of trying to engage with what is going on in the Old Testament in that story, mm. and not just sort of do um, that awful Ridley Scott Moses film, you know, that kind of version of it. Was it called Gods of Egypt? Exodus, Gods and Monsters. Something like that. But just, just to kind of... Just to sort of what you expect kind of worthy version of the yeah. Old Testament story it's, it's really it's strange really strange it's really strange I loved it great answer love to love to hear about Noah doesn't get talked about enough never it's my favourite question mm. what is the film that has the most meaning to you not necessarily the film is great but something yeah. happened when you saw it it was your first date something like that so it will always be special to you this film so I mean I think I've, my, I think my answer to this is probably quite boring in that it what it was my my wife and mine's mm-hmm. second date but we had our first date the night before we wow. went to um, nothing but the blues bar on on Kingley Street you know that bar lovely and then the next and and so we were what, next out, to the guitar shops yes exactly oh, right. yeah and then we were out quite late that night so then we decided to meet up again the following night and go and see Solaris at the BFI wow. not the Clooney one the Tarkovsky one wow. And I think we fell asleep after about 15 minutes, <laughs> both of us. That's beautiful. And, but it was like a really Didn't nice thing. And I've never seen it. 
How long were you asleep? Is it long fail? Yeah, it's long, isn't it? Yeah. And th- we slept for all of it. <laughs> so that's... What well, woke up as the lights came up. Yeah, yeah. Someone waking you up. Yeah. Guys, it's everything's finished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's lovely. So I have no idea what it's like. That's so nice. Um, but, uh, it's uh, you know, it holds a special place as a movie for us. But you were both comfortable to fall asleep in each other as well, sort of speaks to Do you think? I don't I know think about comfortable, love. but I th- maybe it was sort of we were unable so not to. Did you kiss that night before? Yeah. The Did night you... before we'd sort of kissed properly for the first time. And stayed over? Stay over? No, not stay over. No, 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 no. No, 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 not stay over. Are you kidding me? This is like back in 2005. You're like, let's, listen, we're not going to sleep together yeah. unless we're at the BFI. Yeah, yeah. Watching a film. Yeah. And by sleep together, I mean literally sleep together. <laughs> sleep together. <laughs> watching some Russian <laughs> avant-garde science fiction. That's a really yeah. nice story. Yeah, but it's not, I don't know. You must I mean, never watch it. You must never. No, watch I think. It. I mean, I got. I watched enough to know. <laughs> I would like to see it. I keep Tarkovsky is one of those people that I occasionally like, like go out and buy the, um, you know, the artificial eye DVDs yeah. of, and then I don't think I've ever watched any of his stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love that story a lot. Do you? Yeah, it's oh, very sweet. Good. It sort of makes a lot of sense. It's quite romantic that it's. It's. I tell you, is it slightly kind of pretentious? Because I think it was. You know, we were probably like twenty. I think both of us like 24 and sort of felt like we should go and watch Solaris at the yeah. BFI rather than just like just something that we would definitely enjoy yeah. like there's probably a kind of like rush Happy hour Gilmore was or, on it like, that kind of thing anyway. yeah right do you remember like do you remember seeing She's Fallen Asleep I Can Fall Asleep or you don't really remember you just I, to be down. honest with you I think it was because it was still the second date it it, it was still a little bit like you don't really look at the other person in right, the cinema. Okay. Yeah, there's yeah. that sense of you might kind of break the spell, and the other person goes, "Oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to be here with you." <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't looking at you, right? Probably, so you just sort of look straight ahead and sort of think, "Oh, okay, yeah, maybe, no, maybe at some point this pressure on my knee will sort of grow from the other end, <laughs> and then you fall asleep." I love that. Yeah, that's one of my favourite answers. Straight out, really. I think that's really there's something very lovely about that. Hmm. Because it also, as 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 I made it up, it's a complete oh, lie. Fuck, no, it's good brand. Yeah. As as you know, hungover as you may have been or whatever, I don't think you can fall asleep in front of anyone. Like no. if you've been, oh, like, I agree with that. My, 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 my wife can; she can fall asleep in, in any film. <laughs> but I really, I can, yeah, I can get I, even if I start a film late, particularly if I feel like if I'm in a hotel room and a film starts, I will usually watch it, mm. just even if I don't want to. Unless your wife is there, and then spark eye. Yeah. It's unusual that I'll fall asleep in a film. Good man. So Solaris was, yeah, it's an achievement. A special one. Yeah. Um, what is the film? Here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. Two of these. Yeah. So I know you spent a lot of time thinking about this one. What is the film? Yeah. Tom Basden mm-hmm. from Saturn that you found the sexiest. Look at me. Yeah. That you found the sexiest. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to answer this. How do you I interpret mean, it? I, when I was, I guess when I was about 14, 15, mm-hmm. we had a copy of the Tom Hanks film Bachelor Party. Okay. Do you know this film? It's got some boobs in it. Has it ever? 80s, 80s, 80s comedy boobs. So, but more than just a just sort of police academy, mm. sort of just like boobs at the campfire kind of scene. This yeah. was like, there's, it's, there's almost sort of gratuitous stuff in Bachelor Party, I'd say. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
so that I guess that film was quite meant quite a lot to me mm. at that stage in my life. Did you take that out of the video shop more than... Um... No, we had a copy. Oh, you bought that one? No, no, no. We'd recorded... You buy the toy. My brother had recorded it. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Clever boy. Yeah. And also, because it's a kind of Tom Hanks kind of goofy comedy, mm. there's, it's sort of like... It's a great Trojan horse <laughs> for, for quite sort of, you know, naughty stuff, yeah. I have talked about this briefly before, but it's a very strange sort of thing in 80s... American comedies, there was yeah. often gratuitous there was. nudity in a way that I don't think there is anymore. Definitely isn't anymore. Very strict, like in all of them, Airplane, everything just had like... Not is it Airplane, is there? Yeah, Airplane, there's the shot of like the turbulence and it pans across and there's some <laughs> breaths yeah, shaking. Right. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I guess in a way maybe it's all hangover from the 60s and that kind of sense of like, you know, that's just what you do to be a bit edgy. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly don't think in most of those 80s comedies it was meant in a kind of sexy way. It was just meant to be a sort of a joke, wasn't it? Like an airplane or in Police Academy or something. What was the joke, though? That, that there's something just quite outre about these filmmakers, that they're just a bit naughty, that, that they... I don't know. That it's not... Well, except now that I think about it, films like Old School, hmm. films like that, they'd always do a extended... The DVD would have old school extended in outrageous edition. Right. And that edition would have more nudity in it. Right. For no reason. Like, it wasn't the funnier version, but yeah, it had more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess boys were going, well, we're going to have to buy this. That's, that was still going on up to old school. I think yeah. old school was probably the cut-off point. I mean, do you, did you ever watch Porky's? Yeah. I mean, because that was a film that, again, my brother had recorded, so we'd sort of mm. watch... And I think that kind of sex comedy that I, I guess was still sort of going on when I was like 18 with stuff like American Pie, which is exactly from the same tradition as Porky's, yes. really. It's, 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 I guess it's finished now. I guess you don't make well, I think no internet porn around. has, has, has changed the all of that. For that. Yeah. yeah, because it did used to be the only place you could yeah. see yeah. naked breasts, but now it's like, well, we don't need to go to the cinema for that anymore. I do yeah. think that that's been a big part of it. Yes. I guess that's that there's really no true. point. You don't. No one's going to go. But then, interestingly, I would say that Porky's actually has a huge amount in common with something like The Inbetweeners because it's these sort of like, you know, these kind of nebbish guys who are desperate to lose their virginity, and they kind of, mm. you know, they're getting like the the headmistress grabbing his his dick in the in the glory hole in the showers and stuff. Do you yeah, remember that? Like, yeah. And it, it's exactly the kind of shit that would happen to Simon Bird and Joe Thomas in Inbetweeners. Yeah. So, it, in, so the, the tradition is still there. But Imogenes doesn't have nudity, does it? No. No, that's right. In terms of, I like... I think that's what I mean. It's the, the gratuitous shots yes. of breasts yes. are no longer there. Which they... I, yeah, I guess arguably they weren't gratuitous back then because that was the only, you know, means by which mm. young people would see naked bodies. Although they're not, you're not really seeing naked men in those films, are you? No. There's a subcategory to this question. Yeah. Troubling boners, worrying why ones. Any yeah. film that you yeah. were... And you thought, oh, dear, this isn't right. This isn't right. You couldn't be interpreted however you like. This all came from Nathaniel Metcalf. Watching um, Pennies from Heaven. Pennies from Heaven? What? In and seeing some uh, sort of angry husband and wife scene that aroused him and he thought, oh, I shouldn't really be into this, but I am. That's interesting. I, think, I find the um, the love scene between Simba and Nala in The Lion King really sexy. You and Jack Whale. Does he? Mm-hmm. Does he? Well... Loves Nala. I think there's something inherently... 
like, but I'd say erotic. I'd say it's like it's yeah. it's just a like a beautiful scene, mm-hmm. and the n- old Nala's nice. face is so human and so kind of like into it. She loves it. Yeah, Ooh, she has a real moment of oh, yeah, hello. yeah. They, they roll, they roll, they, they stop roll. at the bottom of the hill, and then she goes, huh. "Hello." Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And uh, <laughs> there's also. The really Similar. weird thing in, I had no um, idea. In, in The Lion King, I don't know if you've ever heard this or seen it, mm. there's a point where if you pause it, yeah. it spells the word sex. Do you know about this? Yes, I do. Have you ever done it? In the de- no, have you it, done it? Yeah, and it's there. Really? So it's like a bit where Simba's just spoken to Mufasa, yeah. and then he sort of like collapses onto the floor, and then the dust comes up and blows, and it spells sex. And uh, it's really, it's, it's on the one hand, it's like a joke from the animators. Mm. And on the other hand, you go, is there a whole Freudian subtext to mm. The Lion King that I've not been looking for before? Is it all about, you know, a kind of a, arriving at adulthood through sex? Is that the story? It's like childhood to adulthood through having sex. Is it? I don't know. I'm just oh, I'm putting that out there. I like that. Probably not. It's probably exactly the story that you think it is, but the animators, there are a couple of, like, quite good <laughs> dickhead animators who thought it would be funny to write the word sex. I like that a lot. It probably is both. It probably is both, yeah. Great answer. Um, there's also, I should say, yeah. there's also, you know that there's scene in Top Gun where they have sex? Yes. So my granddad was, a, was in the RAF, and we used to watch Top Gun with him quite a lot. Really? So I only ever saw that scene much later because he would always fast forward through that scene. <laughs> and That's so I became funny. really like, fuck, what happens in that scene? <laughs> I really wanted to know what was going on in that scene. Right. So it was quite meaningful when I got to see it. Because it it's like a blue... Do you remember the scene? It's like Take a, my breath away. Yeah, and it's like a blue bedroom. Yeah. And you get little cruises bottom and straight up and down. And yeah, curtain below, exactly. And there's something about that scene. It's a blue yeah. scene. You thought that but I remember thinking that there was a connection between that and like the word blue for things being like naughty, like being sexy, because and thinking like that's blue a, coloring. Yeah, that's like the blue scene in the film. Ha! Why is it called blue? The blue yeah, scene. I don't know. Can't Where did blue come from? Kind of started with Top Gun. <laughs> Can't have done. I don't know. <laughs> Can't have been invented by Top Gun. <laughs> the bluey. Well, invented a lot. A bit of blue for the dad from Top Gun. Yeah, it's quite useful, isn't it? Wow. Just, you just make it all go blue for the naughty bits. And then the granddad goes, whoop, fast forward that, lights <laughs> yeah. have gone blue. Yeah. Where is it? Wow, well, good question. Please write in. Explain where blue comes from, if not Top Gun. What is the film that you could, you could or have watched the most over and over again? I would say it's probably Bullets Over Broadway. Ah, oh, it's a great film. Yeah, I think I could watch that. It's loop. a really good one, isn't it? It's great. It's probably my favourite Woody Allen film, actually. Mm. And he's not even in it. It's a funny one. It's really... It's just It's just so lovely. Yeah. I think I might want something else after a while. Okay. But it is just such a... It's such a beautifully made film. Yeah. It's such a great story. Just so simple. and just, Yeah, it's just great. Brilliant. It's really great. I saw yeah. it with my mum at London Film Festival right. when I was quite young. I loved it. That's brilliant. Oh, Diane Weist and that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Forget about it. She's yeah. so good. Yeah. Lovely answer. Uh, what is the film? Some people struggle with this question. Depends mm. on your interpretation. Mm-hmm. What's the film you most related to? Might be the character, might be the vibe of the film, might be the story. You go, that film is me. Confessions of a Widow, Cleo. <laughs> 
so there's there's I think I've mentioned this film to you uh, uh, when we last met us up. I don't know if you've watched it since, but it's called Dear Diary or Caro Diario, and it's filmed by Nanny Moretti. Okay, and is I I I really identify with kind of what he thinks and says, but also feel like I he's a much better version of me. But that there's a sort of tone of voice to that film that I just I just absolutely adore. What is it he thinks and says? So it's a really strange film, really, because he's basically... It's like a sort of documentary made by himself about himself. Okay. But it's all fictionalised, and it's in sort of very clear sort of sections, and there's, and so there's like a section called um, Islands, and it's him and his friend going around uh, lots of uh, Italian islands, and then there's a section about him uh, learning he's got cancer and and... and it's uh, it doesn't sound very funny, but it's 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 so um, it, it's it's so kind of like delightful. They're, they're, nothing is forced about it. Everything is kind of everything feels really, really sort of organic and sort of from him and from his mind. Hmm. I, I I I just I kind of adore him as a filmmaker, but he's a very specific flavour. Like I don't think he's for everybody, but I I I think it's. I think it's fantastic. No one has brought him up. Yeah, I don't think... And like, I, I love Italian movies, right? I watch a lot of Italian movies because I, I lived there for a while when I was younger. Did you ever put him at? Rome. Don't tell me you lived there too. No, I lived in Florence. Did you? No, I didn't. My ex did. I used to visit her a lot. Hated it. I bet. <laughs> um, but I, I get quite annoyed that people like um, Sorrentino and Luca Guardini mm-hmm. thingy are kind of so highly revered as Italian filmmakers because I don't think they're that good and there are some who are just so brilliant that no one watches yeah what were you doing in Rome? I was working in the Keats and Shelley Museum it's actually where I met my wife in Rome is it? yeah Yeah. you two it's a real love story that yeah met in Rome fell asleep at the BFI there you go (laughs) that's it though (laughs) had a baby yeah like winning a tenner three acts three acts (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what is the film, objectively, yeah. that's the greatest film of all time? Aliens come, they go, what is cinema? You go, it's this, mate. Okay, so, uh, well, when you put it like that, if aliens come and go, what's cinema? Yeah. Then I'm showing them uh, The General by Buster Keaton. Oh, wow. If they, if they want to know what, if, they, if you go, what is this? Why do you bother doing this? Yeah. Then I sit them down and go, well, watch that. Yeah. And then you'll go, okay, yeah. I get it. That's that's worth. We'll be off. Thanks for having. Yeah, that. but like, I feel like that is just uh, everything about that film is just absolutely perfect. Wow. But on the other, the other end of the spectrum, yeah. the film that I think is like like the greatest film of all time in a, in an artistic sense, mm-hmm. in a way that it's like hard but brilliant, mm-hmm. is a film called EE or a One and a Two by a guy called uh, Edward Yang. Yeah. Do you know this film? Yes. It's like it's it's quite hard to. Sum up. It's like about a family after. It's about a Taiwanese family after the the sort of matriarch, I think, has died. This is quite a recent film. Mm, no, I'd say it's like. It's Go like on, tell me it. Or something. Um, and by this guy, by a filmmaker called Edward Yang, who is brilliant. He's like he is just fucking incredible. He, and he died quite young, sadly. Um, I think E is his is his best film. It's like, it's like three hours long, and the thing the thing about it is like every scene is um, is just is well actually I don't think it's true, but it feels like every scene or my memory of it is, is every scene is one camera shot, right? And 
in in the way of like you see, you know, Roy Anderson films, like the kind of um, pigeon sat on a branch. Uh, oh yeah, complex. yeah, like yeah, oh, like those tableaus. right? But they're obviously very very theatrical, very kind of like mm. heightened, and his, his stuff is is not. It's very sort of um, naturalistic. But just really, just so great, and it's kind of about loneliness and about love and about kind of death, and it's just, it's just fucking great. Okay. But like, it, but it's not the kind of film you go pop this on. Pop this on. It's not like it's Christmas no afternoon. No one's, no one's. If, if it's like, shall we watch The Great Escape or E.E. Yeah. by Edward Yang? Then you go nine times out of ten, you're going The Great Escape, but you'd enjoy E.E. more. Long term. Long term, yeah. He's sticking with you over time. Like, I mean, it's, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Should we pop on the E, though? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Your parents are coming around. Should we pop on the E? <laughs> Don't bother. I wouldn't. They're not going to. Okay. Put on Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like being negative. What's the worst film you've ever seen? Yeah. It depends what you mean, because I, I, I guess I... I get I, I get very angry about films that people love that are not very good, such as such as La La Land or The King's Speech, say, okay, um, or Looper. There's some films that are like just that are just shit that people sort of go, "Well, that's a really good film," you know, and it mm. isn't. But it doesn't mean that it's like the worst film ever. <laughs> um, but uh, the the I think the worst film I've ever seen, and 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 this it stands up because I saw it at the cinema mm. was uh, Meet Joe Black. Oh wow. Okay. Do you know this film? I do know it very well. Yeah. I've got to have an issue with it. An issue with it? Yeah. You, as I've got in... one issue with Meet Joe Black. What's your issue with it? My issue with Meet Joe Black, and this is a spoiler for Meet Joe Black, yeah. is that the message of Meet Joe Black seems to me, if you look like Brad Pitt, mm. it don't matter, which I suppose is a fair message. I think it's a very truthful message. But what happens in Meet Joe Black? I think Brad Pitt's career is the embodiment <laughs> of that message. Meet Joe Black, as far as I understand... A woman meets a man, they fall in love. Yeah. The man dies. Yeah. Death, a different character, that is death, yeah. decides he wants to experience what life is. Yeah. Takes on the recently deceased body of Brad Pitt. Good choice, Death. So now Death. Great choice. Comes to earth looking like Brad Pitt. Great choice. Lovely choice. But but it's not Brad Pitt, right? No, it's, it's not it's that death. character. It's now Death. It's death. Death hangs out with the girl yeah. that had fallen in love with Brad Pitt. Yeah. They have a nice time together. At the end of the film, Death goes, I gotta go. Death leaves, but as a gift, I'll give you back Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt from the beginning. Yeah, Brad Pitt comes back. She's now with it. Dip doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter which Brad Pitt. As long Pitt. as it is, it doesn't matter what personality Brad Pitt has. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's Brad Pitt. It's Brad I'm Pitt. in love. Oh, I love him. Yes, I've learned about love. What that, have we learned? Yeah, I just hope he still looks like that. <laughs> he will. Don't worry. The end. I'm sending you. Paul Giamatti instead. Yeah. Oh, are you? Yeah, different film. It'll be my personality. Nah, but... Different film. Yeah. Also, Death is like really stupid and is like a child and just eats peanut butter. Uh, what's your oh, thoughts yeah. on it? Um, I remember that there's a scene where Brad Pitt as Death speaks jive in a hospital. And <sighs> that, I mean, I can't hate it because of that in a way. But there's part of me just sort of thinks like, I would fucking love to know how they, what was going on on set. When, like, you've got the the guy holding the boom and Brad Pitt is doing jive mm. to an elderly black lady in a hospital and, they, and they're going, this is, this film is absolute fucking toilet. And also, I don't think, I'm not sure this is okay. And, yeah. like, what the fuck is, what the fuck is going on? Well, it doesn't matter because he looks like Brad Pitt. That's the <laughs> yeah. message day in, day yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, sure. I, ju- I just think it was a it was a magic moment in cinema where like Brad Pitt is can kind of can carry is expected to carry a film like that. Claire Forlani is allowed yeah. to be the female lead in a big big budget movie, and mm-hmm. and you know that wasn't a great idea. And you know it's uh, it's it's just a kind of perfect storm of, of bad decisions. That film, I think, like crazy. Anthony Hopkins does good good acting. Of course, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Good heart attack scene. I mean, there's good stuff in it. I remember his heart attack scene is sort of scary. What, and, Hoppo's? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Brad Pitt getting hit by the car is very shocking. And it has yeah. its, its bits, but it's just the yeah. message I object to. Uh, well, uh, I don't object to it. I agree with it, but I'm not sure it should be. It's just there. so shit, though, isn't it? I mean, like, it's... <laughs> I think it's... I don't I've even think talking it's... I've forgotten him talking jive now, I've yeah, but I, I think that gives people the wrong idea because you might think it's quite entertaining mm. a film and it, it isn't. It's very long. It's really long. It's not like watching, you know, The Room or something where you kind of go, oh, this is really f- good fun. It's yeah. so shit. This is like, it's just bad. It's just boring. <laughs> forgotten about Media Black. Oh, man. Media Black, don't worry, he looks like Rabbit. <laughs> That's the kind of tagline, isn't it? <laughs> uh, what is the film that made you laugh the most? You're a comedian. What's yeah. the funniest film? Yeah, I okay. So I think the funniest film is Team America: World Police. I think that's the funniest film. Great, great, I think it great is. answer. Like, I, like there are other films that sort of I, I kind of appreciate more in terms of storytelling, in terms of character. Yeah, yeah. Like the characters are funnier. It's fucking funny. But just like laugh per minute, like number of jokes. Yeah. It, I th- just how sort of cheeky it is. I think it's probably that. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. answer. Well, Team America, well, please. Straight up is a yeah. funny film. I think there's, you see, I think there's also different kind of jokes going on in Team America where it's like yeah. a lot of formal jokes about puppets and about, I mean, things like, you know, the bit where the guy is, to, is, is, is like their trainer is talking about the fact that the main guy sucked his dick <laughs> like <laughs> before flying out there. It's just so, it's like, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's just that they're the only people who would actually, like you, people, you'd have that idea and go, you we can't do that. Yeah. They commit to every single idea like that. They fucking commit to it and they build a film around it. Yeah. It's great. I'll let you have it. All right. Thanks, man. I'll tell you what's not on this list and it's quite on purpose. What's your favourite film? Okay. Nuts in May. Great answer. All right. Nuts yeah. in May, is it? It's, it's got to be up there. It's got to yeah. be one of them. It's it's so good. I'm very happy with that answer. Yeah, it's so good. Um, you know what's funny? A lot of comedians are going to be really angry because everyone's forgotten to say Nuts in May and I've had loads of people text me afterwards going, I didn't say Nuts in May. Oh, really? You did it. Yes. And did now it? other people aren't allowed to have it. No. That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. That's who was Nuts in May. It's like, <laughs> like uh, the draft system. Yeah. Uh, right. Tom Basden, you've been an excellent guest. I've really, really I've, I've enjoyed talking about movies and myself. I've really enjoyed listening. Now, uh, and I've, thank you for having me around. And, um, Can you recommend to me a film that I haven't seen that I should see? Have you seen Don't Look Now? I haven't, but it's scary, isn't it? This is a thing oh, I've been told not to watch tricky. it. Yes, it is. I've I been suppose. told I, I, I can't handle it because apparently there's like Mick Hucknall in a, a little Mick that's Hucknall the demon. Best. I think that's that's in my top four greatest films. Really, but it, but it's also beautiful and you emotionally fuck. That's a beautiful film. Yeah, really. Can, I mean, is it is it really harrowing, scary? 
and you've just had a baby, that might actually be a right. bad idea because it's got loss of a child in it earlier. Okay. But it's so good. And you'd like it because it's arty and it's, oh, it's amazing. I don't know if you're strong enough. I don't think I am, but I, this is a question I ask myself regularly. Fuck. don't think I'm strong enough. It's a shame because I really think you'd appreciate it. But you might not be strong enough. I think maybe I'm not. There's an element of supernatural to it. Yeah, no, that but, might rule me But out. it's a more suggestion of it. That's oh. bad, isn't it? I tell you what, I absolutely love Blair Witch Project. Really? That, yeah. How come? I think because it's just, it never really goes there. Mm. You never really see it. It's all just suggested. Okay, then you could see, don't you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's so good. You have to watch it many okay. times. All right. Uh, all right, I'd say that, but I don't know if I'm setting you up for a never sleeping again. Look, I haven't seen It Follows, which people keep recommending That's to me good. for the same reason. Um, don't see Hereditary. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I, I, I know not. Okay, what is a film I'd recommend you see that isn't a horror that you haven't seen? I tell you, from, I, I bought a poster. Have, have you ever seen Young Adult? Yeah. Love that film. Yeah, that's a good film. I mean, I really like Pat Nozzle as an actor. Yeah, he's great. Isn't really it? good. Yeah, that's a good film. Really good. Now, Tom Burston from The Bastards. You. Uh, now, when you faked your own death and yeah. went, went into hiding yeah, and you yeah. had a, remarried, had another child, mm. faked your own death, went yeah, to hiding, yeah, yeah, moved yeah. around the Polynesian islands. Yeah. Uh, Not pro- proud of it. Pro- <laughs> this went on for 60 years. Yeah. It's a, a huge dynasty you've left. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you found your way. A lot of inbreeding in yeah, Polynesia. To a, science, to a science lab. Yeah. And you tried to freeze yourself because you were so afraid of death. Yeah. And you accidentally killed yourself yeah. by freezing your head. Now, what happened was, when we finally found your body, and oh, there was a lot of admin, just I the bet. amount of yeah. absolute yeah. labyrinth of paperwork <laughs> to get through. But what happened was, your head in the freezer expanded so much. Ooh. A huge amount. We put you in the coffin, but we had to, like, Cram you, your whole body had expanded in the ice. We cram you in this coffin. My head in a coffin. Has it just expanded like upwards and downwards? Yeah. Okay. Your long head. Well, not long and sort of quite angular, like a a banana. We put you in the coffin. Okay. But there wasn't any room because it's cram you in, and there's only room for one DVD. After all that, take to the other side, and on the other side, there's movie night, and one night it's your movie night. What are you taking with you? Okay, so I'm taking Dear Diary because no one else in heaven will have seen it. That's true, no one's brought yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the other films I mentioned someone will have brought, I think. Nanny Moretti. Yeah. It's your movie night. Yeah. Hi guys, I'm Tom. Uh, it's my movie night. I've brought Nanny Moretti. Nanny Moretti might have brought it. <laughs> He's going to say... <laughs> I should have brought it. Hello, Tom. I oh, brought The Dark Relic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're taking Dear Diary. Yeah. Leave The Dark Relic because I'd like to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything you'd like to uh, plug? What, of mine? Yeah. No. Watch Plebs. I don't know when this will come out. Plebs might be out by then. Yeah, by all means, watch that. Um, See if I've got any gigs. Look up gigs. Look up gigs. Watch him on shows on stuff. Yeah. He's a really good actor. Just Google it. Google it. Google um, me. Look out for him. If you're walking around London, look out for number 42. You might see him. You might just...
Don't just take the chance and not go. <laughs> on a series of 42. <laughs> but if you think you've got the one, I say go for it. De- in fact, especially not then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much. You've been uh, well, really fascinating and wonderful. And I hope you have a long and fruitful uh, death. Thanks. Good night. So that was episode 44. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein to support the show and check out the archive. And if you do enjoy this show, please subscribe, give it five stars and a nice review for the simple reason. Apparently it helps the numbers, means I can keep making it, more people will hear it, you can keep getting into it, we can keep doing this forever and ever and ever until we all die in a massive explosion. Thank you so much to Tom Basden for doing the show and for inviting me round. And thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAST for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics, Lisa Lydon for the artwork. Come and join me next week when my very special guest is Game of Thrones writer Dave Hill. So in the meantime, have a lovely week and please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.